Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today on This Week Health. That's really the whole purpose of it is that this is what we do all day, every day. We're not primary care. We're not cardiac, we're not those things, right? This is our focus. All right, today we are joined by Beth Lindsay Wood, CIO at City of Hope. Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here though. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We've known each other for a while now, but this is the first time you're actually on the show. You've been with a lot of different health systems. I think the first time we met, you were up in the Northeast. Um, yeah, Atlantic, yeah. Atlantic. And now you're with City of Hope. You did the interim for a while as well. You did a couple different health systems. Give us a little bit of your journey into the CIO role and how it's taken you across the country, literally. Literally. It all started back about 30 plus years ago when I was a computer operator. So at Tampa General and was promoted three days in to a supervisor. So my passion for healthcare and IT really stems way back to early in my career. As time went on, I was given more and more responsibility, changed my major in college, did all those things to really focus on IT. From there, to be honest, I was at Tampa General for quite a while. It was a public hospital back then, very challenging from a cost perspective, and went to Centera Healthcare, which was rapidly growing health system, very large now. I was there for about 13 years as the second in command to the CIO, running all the provider side, just not the payer side. So I was there for 13 years and believe it or not, was then asked by Tampa General, which had become private, was doing very well in terms of growth, asked to come back there as the CIO, which I did and stayed there up until that point. I'd already done two epic implementations. And then after Tampa General, I decided kids were grown, I would go into consulting and became a partner in a consulting firm, Anovo, and did that for about five years. Stanford, Atlantic Health, I actually did Moffitt at the end and spent time in City of Hope. So I was able to although a partner also do interim or executive consulting, which gave me some great perspective on how other organizations operate, having been kind of isolated to two over a period of years, something like that. So that was great. And then I ended up as an interim at Moffitt Cancer Center and loved the cancer environment from when I did a year and a half out at City of Hope, helping Mark Pulse and then at, at Moffitt decided to leave the practice and be the CIO at Moffitt. Then got the call about City of Hope, CIO role, working again with someone I've worked with for quite a while over the years and said yes. So I've been there about a year. It's a long road of a lot of different kinds of experiences and different kinds of settings for healthcare, but remain very committed to the healthcare industry. I love being able to let you tell that story because people are asking me all the time, what does it take to become a CIO? And, and sometimes it's just being in the right place at the right time. Other times it's a lot of preparation leading up to something or being the number two at a place for a long period of time. And I'm finding that to be more and more the norm these days that we're seeing the number two. They may not be able to be the CIO in their backyard. They may have to move to another city or those kind of things. But 
we are seeing a lot more of that. City of Hope is pretty exciting. You guys have a lot of stuff going on. Tell us about City of Hope. So City of Hope is based in California near LA, but has grown very rapidly. And we are currently four hospitals, cancer hospitals across the nation with the recent acquisition of Cancer Treatment Centers of America. So we now have regions, Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix as a result of that recent acquisition. But we also have another affiliate or fully owned, but organization called TGen, which is Translational Genomics based out of Arizona that does a lot of genomic laboratory work, but also high-end genomics that do a lot of number crunching for us, but they do a lot of data components for us about around genomics and running through all of the different kinds of discoveries we can make as a result of that. So it's a great partnership with our research arm, which is based again out of California. And we have a large research organization, very focused on cancer, but we also have diabetes and some other areas where we do explore research, doing a lot of discoveries generally and that really looking for a cure. So that's exciting for me as well in terms of just being part of an organization that really has that complete circle of the clinical component, the research piece, and feeding that back into clinicals. It's that real-world evidence that we can use to help. Again, the, the core campus is in Duarte. We just built a new cancer center down in Orange County. We're in the throes of building another hospital down there. We have well over 50 sites that are physician practices or ambulatory-type facilities growing a multi-story ambulatory facility on the main campus. The construction agenda for us is very large. Our growth agenda also very large in terms of how IT needs to support some of the major work that we have, major investments we have over the next few years. It's amazing because the growth aspect of it is interesting. The research aspect of it is interesting. The acquisition, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, there's also a patient experience aspect and also a national aspect to the work that you're doing. I mean, there isn't any aspect of the CIO role that I don't think you have. Sometimes when you talk to an academic medical center, they have certain things and or an IDN, they have certain things. City of Hope seems to be really heading in, in a lot of different directions. Yeah, and we also have academic, by the way. So that is part of the whole mix. I think the exciting thing for us is that, and our CEO will say it as, as democratizing cancer care. I think that the exciting thing is that with the acquisition of CTCA, we can now bring our high-end cancer treatments out across the nation. Instead of everyone having to travel into California, we also can offer these services out in several of our current locations. And I, I named some of those. They're big areas, a lot of population that now will not have to travel to get very high in clinical trial treatments, a bone marrow transplant, cellular therapies, those kinds of things. So it's exciting to us that we can offer that out further across the nation, which is unique. We don't have a lot of NCI-designated cancer centers that are doing that. This might be a tough question for you, but what are some of your top priorities as the CIO of City of Hope? Well, if you're talking about right now, I would say that we are in the throes of the integration with CTCA and candidly TGen as well, trying to bring sort of a system view to all of these different components. We rebranded CTCA to City of Hope very recently. So we now are looking at, in my group specifically, most of the shared services are looking at that integration. So we are actively integrating the teams, in some cases the systems, although that 
path forward that is complex and will take some time, but we are in the throes of putting them on our Epic EMR, for example, this year. So I think that very focused on what is our new operating model for IT going forward? What is our vision for our future state? And then designing and developing the org structure to kind of leverage both, both groups, but also look at transformation of IT and how we deliver rapid accelerated delivery, agile, all those kinds of things that we want to be able to do. We may not be able to do it today because we have to do this integration, but that's the goal is to kind of move to a new operating model. So that's a big one. Obviously, we also have that same thing going on across the organization in terms of it's some new leaders coming in and looking now at what a refresh of our strategic plan. So we expect that there will be some good work in there for IT. But growth alone, just if you think about some of the major projects that we're talking about that are opening either this year, uh, up until 25 right now, and the rapid expansion in, that is intended, it is a huge lift for IT to get through that. While we still need to look at advancing across all of the those entities, things like consolidation at ERP, consolidation of CRMs, all those kinds of things, and while we're doing that, looking at, from an organizational perspective, what do we need to do differently, even on those platforms? So if you weren't even including the operational projects and things that people want to get done, there is just a huge, massive lift. And the challenge for us is obviously, how do you source that? How do you manage that? All that work at the same time. And so we're working through that now. You know, one of the things I want to touch on with you, 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 you have a lot of EHR experience. And while it's not overly flashy to talk about the EHR, there's an awful lot of that integration you're talking about, CTCA. So those are now branded City of Hope. Is that? Yeah. yeah. All right. So what do we call that? Like City of Hope Treatment Center? So we now have regions and part of my new model, actually an IT regional model, but the regions are City of Hope, Atlanta, Chicago, Phoenix, Orange County, and LA. So we have five regions within that piece. We, and Tijin is still kind of marked separately. It's based in Arizona as well, but but it wouldn't be considered part of City of Hope, Arizona. That's more the patient care aspect of those regions. So we, of course, have to do acronyms because that is the way we are. But so we say City of Hope PAC for what used to be CTCA now because it's kind of a mouthful to, to say all that together. But we'll all get used to it. We'll get back to our show in just a minute. We have a great webinar coming up for you in April. We just finished our March one on April 6th at 1 p.m. Eastern time, the first Thursday of every month. We're going to have our leadership series. This one is on CISO priorities for 2023, Chief Information Security Officers. We have a great panel. We have Eric Decker with Intermountain, Shauna Hofer with St. Luke's Health System out of Boise, Idaho, and Vic Aurora with Hospital for Special Surgery. And we are gonna delve into what are the priorities for security? What are we seeing? What are the new threat vectors? What is top of mind for this group? If you wanna be a part of these webinars, and we would love to have you be a part of them, go ahead and sign up. You can go to our website, thisweekhealth.com. Top right-hand corner, you'll see our webinar. And when you get to that page, go ahead and fill out your information. Don't forget to put a question in there. One of the things that we do, I think that is pretty distinct is we collect like for today's webinar, we had 50 some odd questions 
that we utilized in order to make sure that the conversation is the conversation that you want us to have with these executives. So really appreciate you guys being a part of it and look forward to seeing you on that webinar. Now, back to the show. So let me ask you about the, just the EHR aspect of it now, because it's you've done a bunch of these. What will lead to a successful transition of the treatment centers over to a, let's call it a city of hope build? I don't know if that's the right word, but. Yeah, it's a good word, Bill. So I would say a couple of things. One is the reason we did this early, we did it before email, we did it before back office. So the first thing we did was EMR, which, you know, adds some complexity that we don't have infrastructures together and those kinds of things. The reason we did it is because we want to deliver those high-end services. And so it's important to be able to put out, I will call it our cancer platform, right? Because even though it is a vendor platform, we have designed it for cancer care completely. Again, high-end clinical trials, all of that is built into Epic. And again, BMP, those kinds of practices are there. And those were all designed and developed by the critical physicians and researchers that we have that specialize in those things. So I think from my perspective, putting that out there at the same time, we're also looking at how do we expand clinical trials using that technology early rather than they didn't have a system that could possibly build out any of that. And it wasn't a cancer platform. So this was the main reason why we did it. So the success for us is obviously an implementation that creates that systemness in terms of sharing patient information, putting all of the genomic data, again, more real world evidence for our research side. But a successful implementation, as we all know it is, you're up and running effectively, you're back to productivity, your physicians are engaged in using system, all those things. Yeah. That's like table stakes, right? That's an expectation that that we all have and our goals are written as assumed. It's really these other pieces of what we tend to deliver as a result of the technology that we're focused on. It's really interesting. I mean, because when you put City of Hope on the building, you put that placard up there, there's almost a brand promise, right? I am engaging with City of Hope, which has, and having served in Southern California, I know is a phenomenal brand and a phenomenal institution in that market. But now that you're taking that national, when I see them in Florida, my hope, and this is what you're describing, is when I go in there, that same rigor, that same process, all those workflows, all the research that's incorporated in Southern California will now be incorporated around the country. And it isn't as simple as it sounds, right? Because you have to have the right physicians, the right nurses to be able to conduct research. So it isn't just you can acquire something and just start doing it. There is a ton of work that has to go on to make sure that we deliver the highest quality of care for, the, for these high-end treatments that we're doing. So we have to build that out in every place we go to make sure that it's local and that all those skill sets are there so that we can do it the way it's supposed to be done, right? So Yeah, talk to me about data. So when you have the research side, you have the academic side, and obviously in cancer care, the research and the data is so important. Do you have to consider building out a data platform or does the EHR provide enough of that? Or is there a data layer even over and above that? Yeah, there is. We've done a pretty good job of using Epic, not as the only source, obviously, but really building that out with a lot of data that we need. 
right, when we get to the research side. But we do clinical trials in there 100%. It's not manual in any way, which it was where I came from. So all of this kind of stuff is built in, but we can't just use part of our research side. So there's a lot of other sources. We partner with another firm on what we call Poseidon, which is our precision medicine platform. And that allows us to bring in data from different sources, not just our own patients, but other genomics data. We have partnerships in other countries that want to use that platform. And for us to provide, again, kind of that democratization of cancer care, where can we help them with the research that we have for their expertise in cancer care? It's nothing that we own or have any part of, but can we provide some services to them? So it's really taking that data and using it, not just within the United States, but outside of the United States. So they too can share their data, right? And so we can further analyze and look at social determinants of health and other kinds of things that will help us to look at what is precision medicine. It's really looking at what is the best treatment for me based on a number of factors, genetics being one, but not the only. We could go down the path of precision medicine, talk about data for a while, but I've also been following the expansion of City of Hope from your location, which is really in LA, down into Orange County. And it was interesting to me when I was with St. Joseph Health, we saw about a third of the patients in Orange County and we had the data and it showed how many people would leave Orange County to head up to LA, right? Because it's not only City of Hope. I mean, UCLA is up there. There's a lot of uh, great institutions up there, but they would essentially say, you know what, when it's related to cancer, I'm going to go to a specialist and I'm going to go to whatever the best care is I could possibly get. Your movement down into Orange County, that was incredibly strategic. And I would love to talk about the business aspect of it, but I also want to talk about opening up a new facility and the challenges that go along with opening up a new facility. I assume you open that facility, it's already packed and now you got to have to grow. So talk to me a little bit about that process of opening that up. So the cancer center is not inpatient, but it certainly looks and feels like inpatient that we've already opened. And that happened last August. So that was a big lift for all of us. And I think to your point, it was the beginning of creating a different model. Our hospital on Enduarte is chock-a-block full. I mean, we are full, full, full. And so the idea was to, again, it's sort of that move to outpatient or how can you get closer to where the patients live and provide a lot of their treatment. And so in Orange County, what they're seeing, there's an interesting twist on this that I'll get to later on CTCA and their patient acquisition strategy and how that's made a big difference. So the idea was to provide that care to patients. And so we're bringing up bone marrow transplant, for example, now. They opened, they, we, we had a lot of basic things to work through, but now we're really looking at what are those advanced treatments that we want to be able to offer. And so those are the things that we're kind of implementing now. I've done more than my share of, of major construction, new hospital construction. So it is always a challenge to go through there. It's very interesting in Orange County, we are using a lot of what we're calling greenfield. So new and novel technologies down there that we don't have on the main campus. Because as you're building a new facility, you have that opportunity to build out technologies, the core in terms of how you design it. 
so that you can now bring in new technologies rather than trying to retrofit. We do have a lot of very interesting technologies down there that we don't have anywhere else yet. Hopefully we will be able to do that. But there's been a lot of interesting tech partnership as we go through that as well. So I'm grateful that that one is up and running well. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful building. And right next to it is where we're starting up the hospital now. So again, all that we learned from the cancer center, and then how do we now expand that into the hospital setting right next to each other? It's just great because it's sort of this one central area where you can get both inpatient and ambulatory treatment. And to your point about the people traveling, you know that. I mean, if you have friends, a lot of them will say, look, I'm going to go somewhere else this famous place to get that because I'm more confident that they have all the things that I need. We have a lot of very sick cancer patients that come to us. And in some cases, they're referred from other facilities or hospitals because they need that kind of a clinical trial that just isn't available anywhere else, right? So that's really the whole purpose of it is that this is what we do all day, every day. We're not primary care. We're not cardiac. We're not those things, right? This is our focus. And there is this very small group of NCI, National Cancer Center organizations. It's not a big, long list, right? It is a designation that exists because there's a cancer center grants that come in. They accreditation. It's like getting an accreditation for most hospitals. It joint committee. It's like that, but much, much more intense. So there is a lot of work that goes into actually getting that designation a lot. And research is a key piece of that. You know, Beth, Teresa Meadows was at one of the recent events that we put on. And you talk about all the new technology and they just built a new children's hospital down in Dallas. And she was sharing the pictures and all the things. It's amazing what you can do with Greenfield. I wish we had the opportunity to rebuild all these hospitals. But the reality is they're almost Frankenstein at this point. It's like the main building was the main building and then they connected this. There was some of our buildings that I would travel through and it was almost obvious to me that it was like seven different construction projects that I just- Yeah, I mean, that's true. I When I was at Tampa General, the original building is over hundred years old. And in some cases, that's what it is. And you add on and you can tell because you have to take this elevator when you're on this floor or whatever it might be. So it is wonderful to be able to start from scratch. hundred years from now, people would think that we weren't thinking it all the way through. No, but you know, for now, I think you just always have to take advantage of that. And then if you can, you do that. And again, things are going to change. It's funny that I look now at our wireless technology where you can do RFID with that and you know, missed. And so it's just amazing the kinds of things you can do just with that. And you can retrofit some of those things, right? So some of that helps with what our future vision is, but it's not as easy as it would be with the new facility. So we'll get back to our show in just a minute. Having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face in 2023 to celebrate five years at This Week Health. We're going to give back. We are partnering with Alex's Lemonade Stand all year long. We've got a goal to raise $50,000 from our community and we're already up over $12,000. And we are asking you to join us. There are two ways that you can do that. One is you can just hit our website. There's a banner at the top that says Alex's Lemonade Stand. Click on that and you can give directly at that lemonade stand. 
Another way that you could do that is we have been doing drives and we've been doing drives all year long in January and February. Our drive for March is something that the team came up with and I'm really excited about. We are going to Vive with the team and we're bringing Captain. Captain is my producer's service dog and Captain will be with us for the entire event. You're gonna see us around the event doing interviews. The drive is get your picture taken with Captain, you and a bunch of your friends with Captain, get the picture taken, go ahead and post it on social media and Twitter, LinkedIn, and tag us at This Week Health. When you do that, we're gonna count the number of people who are facing the camera in the picture. And for each person in the picture with Captain facing the camera, we're going to give $1 to Alex's lemonade stand. So with your help, we hope to raise a bunch of money for childhood cancer at the Vive event. We hope that you'll be a part of it. It's gonna be exciting. We have some partners that are a part of this with us and we really appreciate them stepping up to help us fund this. We hope to raise a ton of money. SureTest is a phenomenal partner. Order is another one and Artisite. Great companies, great products, check them out. And we hope that you'll participate with us and we look forward to seeing you at the Vive event. Now, back to the show. So you mentioned patient acquisition. I wanna talk about patient engagement and experience. When you're talking about cancer patients, these are people you wanna stay connected with throughout the entire experience. You also want to let them know what's available. There's obviously some technology aspects to making that experience better. Talk a little bit about maybe some of the things that you acquired through the CTCA acquisition and then some of the things that you're viewing moving forward to make that experience better. So we are expanding that right now across all parts of the organization. And I'll describe it, it's not all about technology. There are many things that they do well, but one of the things they're known for doing well is this patient upfront engagement. So. The way that it works is there are people, it's not using chat GPT or anything else. It's really about just people that are reaching out. If people hit the website, whatever it is, they are reaching out directly to those people with a call and letting them know what services we have. So it's that very active engagement. And then it's really looking at the entire process of navigating on the front end to become a patient. And every step of the way, there are navigators and people involved in directly reaching out and they're watching. They have a lot of data where they're looking at where that patient is, where the future patient is in their journey with us and making sure we stay connected because a lot of times people could be shopping and then move on. But the idea is stay very close to them and monitor that and make sure you stay connected all the way into their first appointment. And then you're monitoring posts that they've stayed with you that from an experience perspective that we've done everything we need to do to help them with their cancer. So it isn't, it is a front end process to look at the best way to bring in patients, but then also keeping the data on. I love that because if myself or somebody in my family had cancer, I'd want to talk to a person. So I think that really is listening to the community. I want to push on the technology again one more time because I know there's not automation per se, and it's not chat GPT, but I assume you're tracking all that stuff in a CRM somehow and making sure that all those touch points are tracked and followed up on. Yeah, we are doing, and both on the marketing acquisition side, 
but also in that patient contact piece where we have those folks that will say our, their whole job is to do nothing but stay in contact with the patients and help them navigate best where is the best place to get treatment now in this bigger system. There is. There is CRM behind there. There is integration with our EMR to keep track of what's going on. There's a lot of automation and marketing. And so the CRM is also used there for marketing campaigns, but also keeping track of where we are on the acquisition side. So yes, there is a ton of technology behind this. We have SMS, we have all those kinds of tools that help with reminders and, and staying connected. But the deal is one thing that they bring is that person all along the way, the navigator, but so that we stay that with that personal connection. Because to your point, when it's something like cancer, you don't want to press button seven or get a recording and, and be redirected to something. It's not just that they can call that number. Those people call them, so we keep that contact. And I think what we saw when Orange County Cancer Center opened up, we used that model, and the number of patients that we received increased dramatically over what was expected. And it was not taking patients from Duarte, from our other cancer center. It was not. What we saw, it was net new patients that were now coming into that, to the cancer center in Orange County. So that was wonderful, right? Because that's a win for the patients and for us that we're not just saying, well, you used to go to Duarte and now you don't have to travel so far. And that's a net nothing, right, in terms of increase, but there's the convenience and experience factor. But it's really saying we're reaching more patients, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, I love the being visible and being accessible. Access is such a key part to what we're trying to do. When I hear you talk about these things, I'm wondering, do you have a consolidated call center or do you have multiple call centers at this point? So for that new patient piece, before they become a patient and then you're scheduling tests and things like that or, or visits, it is moving to a central call center. We will be doing that. We've already done it for some areas in Southern California, but by August, once that everyone is up on Epic as well, that will be done across all of City of Hope. So that's exciting. And again, I think what we're going to see is increased activity, both in the other states, I'll call it, but also in Southern California. Don't tell problem. <laughs> the thing I appreciate in talking to you is one of the things I tell people about the CIO job, they all ask me about, it, I'll say hardest job I've ever had. They're like, why is it the hardest job? But like, look, I mean, you have to be an expert on call centers. You have to be an expert on genomic research. You have to be an expert on data. You have to be an expert on EHR. You have to be an expert. I mean, it's just on any given day, you're called into a meeting and they say, hey, we need new systems in our food service portion of our, in your scenario, going, oh, okay, there's another area. I've got to figure out what it looks like to have point of sale machines and track those kinds of things. And you've covered so many topics today and we didn't even dive into them really deep, but that's the nature of the role that you're currently in. Yeah, it is. The role of the CIO is changing over time. We need to know operations. We need to understand how it works. So I remember at one point being asked if I'd be willing to take a hospital administrator job in one of my places. And I said, no, but you end up knowing so much about operations when you're in IT because you have to that you have to be able to stay current, not just on what's happening in technology, but what's happening in the hospital industry. And it is ever rapidly changing and in cancer care, certainly rapidly changing. So it's it's fun. I love it. 
it's challenging, but you have to stay current. You really do. Yeah. So, well, let's close with this. Tell me about your background. From when I was a child? No, this background on your screen. Oh, okay. So this is called the Golter Gate, and it is on the Duarte campus. And it is one of the key things that we have as a basic tenet of what we do every day. And what it's saying is there's no point, essentially, in curing the body if we destroy the soul. So Sam Golter is the one that came up with that phrase. That's a gate that we have in the gardens on the Duarte campus. And the intent of that is to say, obviously, we're trying to treat the whole person, not just the person. And that makes it a lot more challenging. We can't forget the rest of the person and when we do this. So, Well, Beth, I want to thank you for your time. It's great to catch up with you again. We'll have to keep in more contact than every other year or so. You have a lot going on. I'd love to stay in touch and hear how things are progressing. Great. Well, I appreciate it, and I would love to do that. Thank you for having me. Really enjoy it. Thank you. Take care. Take care. I love the chance to have these conversations. I think if I were a CIO today, I would have every team member listen to a show like this one. I believe it's conference level value every week. If you want to support This Week Health, tell someone about our channels. That would really benefit us. We have a mission of getting our content into as many hands as possible. And if you're listening to it, hopefully you find value. And if you could tell somebody else about it, it helps us to achieve our mission. We have two channels. We have the conference channel, which you're listening to, and This Week Health Newsroom. Check them out today. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast. You get the picture. We are everywhere. We want to thank our keynote partners, CDW, Rubrik, Sectra, and Trellix, who invest in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.